0: In order to increase your market recognition and differentiate you from your competition, you really need to have that brand foundation solidified. Because that way, you can roll out any sort of marketing effort, and your customers and potential customers will recognize you for the same great company that you are.
1: Hey, hey, we're back! Another episode of More Than Marketing. I'm your host, Arsha Mirsha. I am joined today with branding extraordinaire, Deb Doolin. Hi there. Did I get it right?
0: Yes. I got it right. Perfect.
1: Cool. Um, Thank you for joining me. Thanks for coming today. Appreciate that. Um, this is more of the marketing. You know, we, we span topics all the way from, from branding. I think, you know, is maybe one end of the spectrum and another end might be like sales enablement or something like that, or direct response or something like that. So thank you for coming and helping me kind of, you know, go to, go to what I call an end of a spectrum. Do
0: you view it that way? I view it more as a foundation for any business. Okay. Um, you know, A lot of times businesses get going and they're just trying to get making money and mm-hmm. pick things up and the marketing and branding is very scattered and sure. very as needed. And in order to increase your market recognition and differentiate you from your competition, you really need to have that brand foundation solidified because that way you can roll out any sort of marketing effort mm-hmm. and your customers and potential customers will recognize you for the same great company that you are.
1: Got it. I like it. Okay. So it's a foundation. That's good. So that, that makes sense. When I say one in the spectrum is like, Hey, maybe you should start with your brand and, and have that foundation to build on top of,
0: so right. to speak. Yeah. Right. I mean, a lot of times that we work with businesses that are already established right? and we can come in and help them tighten it up. And okay. that's, and a lot of the things we're going to talk about today are things they can do themselves. It's really? Well, it's really just organizing the assets you already have and sitting down and, and giving it some thought you know, if you want to take it to the next level, someone like myself and my team could help with that. But these are just four simple steps we can take, as you can take as your organization, to just organize what you already have and make it more consistent.
1: I, I like, Deb, you're, you're being very modest and, and kind in that. I do agree that, that you know, these are really good steps. So we're talking about um, uh, building a powerful brand. Deb has four steps to to get to that powerful brand, um, you know, questions to ask yourself and, and steps to take. I will say though, don't don't underestimate the, the different perspective that, that someone like yourself comes in and, and brings. Like I, for instance, like we, I love having consultant on, on staff, not on staff, but paying consultant because they bring, they see things that we can't see.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I think you do that for your customers.
0: Yeah, and it's actually one of my favorite parts of working with different yeah. types of customers, just getting in and understanding why they're in business, why they do what they do, why they're good at what they do. Right. It's I don't know, I just really enjoy learning that, learning new things about each kind of business, and we work with a lot of different industries. I was just going to
1: ask that. Yeah. Like you probably, You've probably seen hundreds of different in- industries in, mm-hmm. in your time, right? Like.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we if we had a niche, we, we have three. It's uh, We work with a lot of businesses in healthcare, hospitality, mm-hmm. technology, okay. but we also work outside of that as well. Right. Um, the common theme is that they, they have some sort of marketing in place. It's either a marketing director or someone who drew the short straw in marketing and they're stuck with all the tasks. Any um, other situation they need help delegating. They just don't have all the resources in house to get things done. So we can do any type of branding design, copywriting, you know, some type of digital and collaboration with someone like yourself, Mm -hmm. but bringing in that outside perspective to look at the business and evaluate where they are in the market and really just tighten things up and make it simpler and easier for the audience to understand.
1: And ask questions that they may not be asking themselves, which Mm -hmm. is I think maybe kind of part of this four step process here. Um, that's, yeah, that makes sense. Foundation, to build upon, um, and let's get into it. Can we get into it? The Absolutely, four steps? yeah. Cool. So what's the first step that, we, that you take?
0: So I like to understand who the ideal audience is. Uh, lots of times people come to me and they want my opinion on the logo. Mm-hmm. But the logo has to reflect what your audience is expecting in your industry. And it has to reflect who you are. So understanding your ideal customer is really the first step. Um, most companies have two to three customer types. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be different product lines, different service lines that are very different. It could be the same product and two different audiences. Mm-hmm. So take so, for example, yeah. like an elder care agency for someone who wants to do in-home assistance for senior citizens. You have two audiences. You have the senior who's getting to the point where they need to take that step for assistance. And you have the caregiver who may or may not be local, who may be stressed out, overwhelmed, that. It's the same service, and they both need you, but you're speaking a little bit differently to each one of those customers.
1: Yeah, yeah, and the the benefits are different for each one of those cut for those uh, buying influences. Is we we use that term as is mm-hmm. the buying influence. So, for instance, like in a in a B two B world, um, you might be selling one product, but you have what we call the user buyer. So that's the person who's probably going to be using your product or service. Okay, then you have the economic Mm -hmm. buyer that may or may not be the same person, but it's the person who's signing the check. Mm -hmm. And they might experience a different benefit than uh, the user buyer does.
0: Absolutely, yes, we've run into that too.
1: Yeah, so I'm saying the same thing you are, Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, B2C world, B2B world, there's different users, there's different, so how do you go about like finding these, like identifying the audiences?
0: Uh, when we first, um, get in touch with clients, uh, we have a discovery session and that's one of the things we ask mm-hmm. and they usually know they have at least two audiences right, right. and sometimes they'll start at the basic, you know, age, income, you know, different types of demographics like that. Yep. We want to understand the personality because most businesses have a pain point. They're coming to you because you're solving something for somebody. So it may not matter what their age or their income level or where they live is, you're solving something specifically. So are they excited about it? Are they stressed out about it? Like you have to understand the personality. Are they, you know, inquisitive and and want to take an alternative approach to healthcare? Like that's a different type of customer as well. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So it's like the emotion Mm -hmm. that they're feeling.
0: Yes. and,
1: And that they're feeling now and the emotion that your solution shall have them feeling once you're done. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, very interesting. Yeah. So is there like questions that you ask or any kind of process that you might go through to to identify who those are?
0: Yeah, I mean I will sit there and break it down. I'll I'll just have a, a category on a PDF and I'll say, Okay, like I do ask the basic demographics, and I'll ask personality, right. behavior. Do they have hobbies, you right. know? Right. Sometimes businesses make connections based on certain types of Well you're of not hobbies. selling
1: to a business, you're selling to another person. So there's that's yeah. that's a good that's where that hobbies comes in. Mm-hmm. For example, or right. where the demogra- and or where the demographics come in, because you're well, always selling to a person or two, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're a brand that caters to an active lifestyle,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you want to know what types of hobbies your customers have, that's good to know too. because ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfold into different parts of your brand. See,
1: I already went into see. I, this is what I do. I, I think like selling, like as like a sales organization. You know, it's a person selling to a person. Both of them are within a company, mm-hmm. and those companies have a brand. But I think what you're talking about, and and it's it's out of my realm. It's just that's why I'm so happy you're here. It's like it's the brand. The brand can do some of the lift for you, some mm-hmm. of the sales for you. I think of like um, I don't know. You just mentioned uh, athletic wear, like Lululemon, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're yes, they have a logo, but their brand is so much more than that logo. It's the brand's personality. It's the people that they hire. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I walk into Lululemon, the people are, are, you know, generally fit and excited about it. And when they want to talk to you and they're in a good mood and I don't know, you know, do you see what I'm saying? Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. And they'll, they'll offer classes. They tend to partner with local fitness organizations and gyms so that, you know, they give off the vibe that they support local businesses and that in turn brings in more traffic and, they're likely to shop there more. And it's, you know, like if your friends are wearing it, you're more inclined to do that because they're vouching for the quality of it. It's the brand is, is the experience, Lululemon, Starbucks, those are brand experiences. And so that's where you get into different assets, like color and logos. And the fact that every Starbucks looks the same and you can come in and place an order at any Starbucks in the U S and in the lingo that they want, and you'll get what you want.
1: And you know what that experience is gonna be. Exactly. It's consistent.
0: It's relieving to the customer who's coming in and they they just need a quick cup of coffee, and they'll go in there and get exactly what they need.
1: I love it, I love it, I love it. Okay, so let's go on to number two. I think we talked about, so audience is step one. Mm -hmm. Step two
0: is messaging. So messaging is, your message has to speak to what your audience is expecting, right? Mm -hmm. Again, if you're like an active lifestyle type of brand, you're going to be exciting and confident and breakthrough and innovative. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if on the flip side, you're working in elder care and you have an in-home elder care agency, that's Safe. a very different experience. Right. You want to show compassion. Right. You want to show uh, reassurance. This is likely a new phase of a relationship for people that they're going into. Right. You want to show helpfulness, experience. Yeah. Um, safety. People, safety. Safety. Exactly. Yeah. Not everyone is going to be there at the time that you're Staff is there. You want to show that you're confident. You can take care of this, and everyone's going to be happy. Good, so good points. Yeah. So I, I often ask people to come up with three adjectives that would describe your tone of voice.
1: Mm, okay.
0: And that usually helps get them. It obviously it can be more than three, but if you narrow it down, right. it'll just get you into that process of what type of messaging you should have across all your channels I and see. all your marketing.
1: And you're matching that to the audience, knowing that they are experiencing some emotion, and then Now, and they want to, you know, experience a different emotion, let's say. And so this message is to elicit that.
0: Yeah, and a lot of times we help guide companies because your marketing materials should solve a problem for your customers. So lots of companies like to talk about the features that they'll offer. Like I could list 25 different services that I offer, but I help companies build their brand foundation to accelerate their marketing. I help them get projects done. I help them get their message clear. That's solving a problem. So if you tailor your message to solving your customer's problem, if you come in and your company is the hero and you're saving the day and making their lives easier, that's gonna resonate with your audience. That's what they're looking for. And if you're they're going to your website or they're looking online at social media and they're seeing, I'm gonna do this for you, it just, it's straightforward, it's simple, and it's exactly what they're looking for.
1: Are you, Deb, are you talking about like the benefits versus features or attributes, fab? Yes. Features, attributes, benefits, really like what people actually care about is the benefits, mm-hmm.
0: right? Right. And that can be that can be um, a bit of a hurdle for people to understand, especially yep. if you built a business and organization and you're proud of what you've done, and you may offer features that are innovative in the marketplace. You you can talk about that later on once you've got someone engaged with you, but your initial outreach to people should be the benefits of working with you or buying your product or service.
1: Yeah, it should that's like the the benefits like the hook, mm-hmm. uh, and then the that's like you get them in, and then the the features and 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 the attributes of those features are what you know might push them over the edge. That's what I would
0: think. Exactly, as in my
1: experience at least. Yes. Cool. So step one, audience, step two, message. Anything else you want to say on message?
0: Um, Make sure you understand what's important to your customers. Mm -hmm. And if you have any type of social proof, obviously testimonials, Mm -hmm. review sites, um, even just engaging with your staff who talks to your customers on a regular basis, you're gonna hear things that may be intrinsic to how you run a business that are actually a differentiator from you against your competition. A lot of times when we conduct focus groups, we'll find that. We'll just interview like 10 people and we'll start to see the common threads. These could be people from very different backgrounds initially, but they like working with you because you have a certain process or you're just a good personality fit. Um, Pay attention to the reviews and feedback and the social proof you get and that you can take a lot of that and put it into your messaging because if you want to attract more customers like that, Other people just like them are looking for that too. And when they hear that, they'll just say, oh, that's just like me. That's what I'm looking for. I need to reach out. Perfect.
1: That's exactly what I need. Yeah, no, I completely agree, Deb. I love what you just said there. Like, You already have uh, the foundation of this in your reviews or in, you know, if you record your calls, listen to your sales calls or your customer service calls or live chats. Like that content is there already, Mm -hmm. you know, to to help you – understand what your message uh, should be you know because it's, it's the voice of the customer the voice of the customer is there the content is there so you can use uh, use those assets to you know to uncover it I also I also want to add if I may like the Lulu example Lululemon uh, uh, example I think message is more than just the words that you use I think that your uh, the actions that the brand takes can also send a message One that connects with the audience. So, for instance, Lulu says, um, "Hey, every Sunday, you know, free yoga, right?" Mm -hmm. So that's sending a message of we actually we care so much about your health that we will underwrite the expense of bringing this, uh, you know, local instructor in and to like make sure that you get a yoga experience if you're not paying for one already. That's
0: exactly yeah.
1: That's an action that sends the message that wow, this brand actually cares about me. I also know a shop there. Apparently, right? I also know that um, they will. If 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 I had these shorts that didn't fit, they were too long, they're past my knees. They're like, oh, we'll we'll hem those for you for free. That sends a message like, hey, we we care about you, our customer. You know,
0: exactly. Yeah, don't have to pay the same more. experience. You know, we don't have
1: to pay more for that.
0: Yeah, and they were very gracious about it, and it was done very quickly, and it it makes you want to be a loyal customer because they care and they want to make sure you get the best experience.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's very cool. Very yeah. good. I and you you just made me think of that that the message is more than more than the worst, as we you know talking about the Lulu example. So anyway, um, want to move on? Step three.
0: Yeah. So step three is the visuals, and I know this is where everybody gets really excited, but we need to understand an audience to develop the message that is targeted to them, and then you put it all into the visuals. Yes. So a logo is. I mean, a brand is so much more than a logo. Like we've talked about, it's experience, it's message, it's who you're connecting with. The logo is really the visual representation of all of that. Um, when we work on logo redesigns or even logos for brand new companies, we've had quite a few discussions before we even put pencil to paper. Yeah, it's um, We do a lot of um, market research. We look at their competitors. It helps us get past that. Um, I know what I want when I see it phase where people just, they're not quite sure what they want, but when they get there that right. they'll know um, and that rather than just going through iterations of things and just not quite clicking, it's, yeah. it's understanding, it's explaining to someone, this is what your market is expecting for your type of visual, right? right? Certain colors, certain symbolism or not, um, you know, certain types of names, certain fonts, things like that. These are the qualities and the personalities of your brand. This is who you are. This is how your company's values. We can take all of that, and then just in when we work on it internally we just distill it down into certain types of adjectives and emotions and things like that and we'll come up with several concepts that we feel represent what you are as a company into one visual mark
1: but not until you have the audience nailed down Mm -hmm. until the you have the message nailed down you know you have those emotions nailed out, then you get to step three the logo right because like even things such as like sharp edges, you said like fonts, for example, like serif or non-serif, right? You uh, Sharp edges or rounded edges, like all those kind of give off a, uh, you know, give off a personality and an emotion, Right. I think.
0: Yeah, and then certain industries, you know, if, if you tend to be, we've done a couple technology firms mm-hmm. and the fonts tend to be more friendly and of the moment, you know, mm-hmm. I we try not to design things that are going to be dated in three years, mm. but um, it would be highly unlikely to pick a serifed font. Serifs are the ones with the little feet. Um, those are 500-year-old fonts. Yes. They, they convey stability and tradition and experience, and there are industries where that, that's perfect for, but if you're making Financial. the next Facebook, that's not it, right? <laughs> um, there are certain things that people mm. expect when they look at you, yeah. when they look at your competitors, and so you, you do have to – Work within that sandbox, but then we want to design it in such a way that there's no confusion between you and a competitor either.
1: Yeah, good call. Good call. Way way to go on the serif thing. I just said non-serif. I'm realizing it's sans-serif.
0: It's close enough. But yeah, but here.
1: you could just see like where I where I sit. Right, I'm mm-hmm. like the computer science guy. Like I'm like fonts who cares right but <laughs> but obviously i do care it does make a difference and good call thank you uh you know learn some of the you're right the serif fonts are those you know 500 year old fonts okay a financial firm maybe who's wants to show like hey we have all this experience uh you know trillion dollar under assets like maybe they might use a serif font. i don't yeah they do or
0: up, you know in the legal profession legal, like that. legal those, accounting
1: those kind of you know those yeah but uh, and it's services.
0: it's up to the designer to understand you know, what types of fonts are, right. what they represent, things like that. So we can make sure it matches the emotions you're looking for in yep. your logo.
1: Yep. I like it. Cool. We're good on logo?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, think I would so. just say, too, um, when you have a logo, make sure you have two different, at least two different versions of it. Okay. So yeah, good call. Yeah. Most people, I mean, you have your logo on the left and then you have your word on the right. right. And that's, you know, Unless you're Nike, Target, Starbucks, you need to have your name there. You don't want any confusion about who you are. Um, But if you go to put it on social media, this is going to be really tiny. So, you know, your visual should be up here, right? Um, Make sure that you have those different versions of it. Sometimes they get kind of cobbled together at the last minute and it can create some brand confusion, but you should have at least two versions of it, you know, single color versions, white or black versions for you know black and white media or apparel, good things call, like that. Just call. make sure if you just have like one folder and put all the logos in there, it will make your team's life so much easier because they'll, they'll just know where to find it. Like a lot of that times that confusion just comes from people not having access to all of their just assets. Just not being organized,
1: right. Organized, yeah. organize, just organizing the assets alone can, can, can help move, move the, the marketing campaigns or marketing uh, initiatives forward faster. Good call on the multiple versions as well, because um, that's something that bit us in the butt a couple times. Where because ours is the logo, or the, we call it the mark. Mm-hmm. So it's the mark, you know, and then it's Web Mechanics. But you know, that's just that's very long, right? It's like 70 pixels high, 500 across. You gotta. It doesn't work on certain, you know, in certain formats, like social media, for example, or you sponsor something, and it's like you need more of a box. So there, you move the mark up top.
0: That's yeah, a, that's
1: very good. That's very good. And then
0: you can make the mark bigger. Yeah, you, because you really mark. want that to right. become the recognition anyway. Sure. yeah. So yeah, there's there, there's definitely versatility to have in that, but it's good to kind of keep everything consistent too.
1: It is obvious, Deb, that you have done this several times, <laughs> many and many a times. Because that's like like I again like I wouldn't think of that. That's not it's just not my expertise. So do you know what I mean?
0: Like, yeah, yeah, and it, honestly, like when when we have ongoing work with our clients, it makes our lives easier too because everything's already set up already. Yeah, right. Or even if they're going to take the initiative to do things with another vendor, they have all the assets in place. They yeah. can go get polo shirts made, and everything's yeah. there. Like yeah. the vendor isn't scrambling to make a solution for them.
1: Right. Uh, you just mentioned assets. So step four. Now you have the logo. You know your audience. You know the message you're trying to convey. Uh, you got your logo down.
0: Now it's Now it's the other visual assets. So these, these are your colors, your fonts, and any type of brand imagery. Mm -hmm. So colors, you're going to have, you know, two to three primary colors for your logo. Um, you know, it, a lot of that could be, it depends on how you started, you know, like blue is a pretty universally accepted color across men and women, across many different cultures. Green is a close second. Um. You know, some mm-hmm. colors are more region specific. I do see a bit more purple in this area because of the Ravens. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> I do. I've gotten a couple of Penn State blue requests for logos. Oh, okay. um, Navy's a pretty safe color anyway, so yeah, we're able to would, make that work. Yeah. Um, so there, there are some regional preferences. Um, I wouldn't have
1: thought that. By the way, regional preferences. That's a, that's a good point.
0: Yeah, and, and especially in Maryland too, because you'll find a lot of the. Yeah. You know, red, red yellow, black yellow, with black. the flag yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and different iterations of that too. Sure, yeah,
1: UMBC where I went to college, it's the same yellow, gold, and black.
0: Yeah, Miss Red. Yeah go, yeah, go Retrievers. Old. Yeah, Go
1: Retrievers. Did yeah. You went yeah.
0: there too? I did. Oh, yeah. high
1: five! How about them apples? <laughs> yeah, you learn things on the podcast.
0: Exactly, I love it. That's so cool. Yeah.
1: We don't have to go into when and all that, but, but that's cool. We'll talk afterwards. Okay, Absolutely, that's that's
0: yeah. I didn't know that. It's exciting. Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah, the, yeah.
0: So we, um, like you can identify a couple different primary colors mm-hmm. for your palette, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, they they tend to be industry specific. It's I'd have to dive in a little more to each company, but um, right. certain industries tend to have certain preferences on colors. Um, other ones may not, and that's okay. Um, then you may have some secondary colors that just complement it. And, mm-hmm. you you know, it's not the logo is never, if your logo is green and black, your logo is never going to be an orange. But if that's a complementary color yeah. in your in your marketing or on your social media posts or things like that, right. it, it just helps keep everything on brand. And that way you don't have people cherry picking different things that they just feel might work for that particular or, situation. Or it's not
1: always green and black, green, black, green, black. It's something to kind of break up that, that kind of, not expectation but just make it a little more interesting that's the way I view it I don't know if that's yeah fair definitely. to say I mean that's what I you know that's the way I think of it is just like okay now here let's introduce this other color to just make it just a little bit more interesting and maybe it complements it's like hey I want you to pay attention to this which is why it's maybe bold and green but I got this orange thing over here to just make it a little bit more this orange maybe uh, icon to make it a little more interesting
0: exactly yeah or different links or you know certain parts of the web page just
1: right. yeah oh, yeah, the, yeah the styles like css for the site yeah sure yeah this is a. Uh, am telling you from my perspective which i'm like i'm not the branding guy you know like but that's what i experience when i see like a secondary color i'm like oh that's okay that's nice you know that's that's consistent not consistent it's not the, necessarily the right word but it's it's congruent mm-hmm. and it's uh and it's interesting and it's clean. I think that's the word I want to use. It's clean. Yeah. I don't know.
0: That works. Okay.
1: Yeah. You know, assets. It's funny. When you say like step four, assets, um, I think when I think assets, I think of like, you know, marketing brochure, um websites and asset. That's what I think of, of assets. But it's it's interesting to hear you say like it's more like the brand guidelines is
0: yeah, it That's is, it is the brand too. guidelines. These right. are just different facets of the, the visual side of your brand. But right. yes, I mean, marketing has so many different assets. Yeah. Um, that and, the, and there is a lot of overlap between branding and marketing. Um, and branding is more of who you are, and marketing is how you sell it. Mm. So ma- branding is you know establishing your values and your personality. And marketing can be more specific to a platform or a campaign sure. or a season. And sure. it's, marketing is communicating who you are. But in order to communicate it and increase that recognition across all those digital impressions, you need to have that solid brand foundation. And You need
1: to know who you are.
0: Exactly. And you know who
1: you are and who and how you solve a problem, and you know who you are, who your audience is, and how that connection is made.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's usually through the message and the experience. Exactly. Interesting.
0: Yeah. so you've been branding all along.
1: I have been. I just haven't. I just didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, have. A, I actually have a. Um, a little framework that uh, I'm gonna do my own podcast on or blog post, and it's a it's a little triangle, and it, so I break down any marketing campaign, and any marketing campaign I think can break down into three things: the audience, you know, who are they? A lot of what you said, like who are they? Demographic, firmographic, their emotions, where are they? All that stuff. Um, what are they trying to accomplish? Then it's message, so audience, message. Mm-hmm. Now the message, again, the two, it's so weird because I've, I've been running around the halls here saying, saying this. It's the audience, what's the message? In my view, the message is typically like copy or, and or imagery. So landing page copy, ad copy, um, the imagery, like that's the message. What what are we trying to convey? You know, If it's like a uh, I don't know, holistic health, you're not going to show someone what they're, Holding their back, their back is hurting because that's their that's the current state someone's in. Mm-hmm. You are going to show someone who's like vibrant. Hey, I'm healthy because that's the state you want them to be. That's the message you want to get across. You use our service. You're going to be like this instead of what you probably are.
0: Exactly. So
1: audience messages. So we have we're very connected here because mm-hmm. those are your step one and two. My step three is experience. Is how do I get this? How do I get this message? To, the, to that audience, you know, um, what is my, again, like landing page? Like, is it a, when they land there, what do I want them to do? Call me, fill out a form. Um, am I on, or do I want them to take a quiz? Am I on different platforms or am I on just one platform? Like, what is the experience? What happens after they contact us? What happens, you know, in the next stage of the funnel, right? Like, what's that, what's that customer experience like?
0: Exactly. Yeah, definitely. You, you want to keep it as straightforward and to the point and because that becomes part of your brand. I've, I went to their landing page. I filled this out. Yeah. I got what I was looking for. Right. They followed up. They were prompt. My like,
1: expectations were yeah. met or not met. You got to you know measure that. Right? Exactly. Like what are the expectations? So this whole time I've been going around with my little framework and you already had it. For the most part.
0: Great minds think alike. That's what so, it is. Yeah. It's that
1: UMBC power. We'll let Freeman Harbowski know that he did a really good job. Power
0: exactly, power. yeah. <laughs> <That's what laughs>
1: Deb Doolin, thank you so much um, for this. This was, I I learned some stuff. I hope the audience has learned as well. Um, I We will link to you. We'll mention you when this comes out and all that. And then if, if people want your help, they can reach out. Thanks for being so gracious to share your four-step Process.
0: Thank you. Yeah, openly. it's been great. It's been a great discussion. Yeah, Absolutely. Definitely.
1: And um, how many projects did you do last year?
0: Yeah, we do an end of year infographic every year and it just gives us a good year in review. I think we completed 131 projects. That's
1: so cool. Oh, so, yeah. That's so, so cool. It's awesome that you like do that infographic and keep track of all that. So thank you so much for being here. Didn't know we had connections beyond uh, Howard County and such. Talk about those now. Uh, For all y'all out there, like, subscribe. Thank you. Thanks, Deb. Thank you. Cheers.
0: See ya.